What up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial. And it's your boy Rex Howard Jr., the relationship coach. What it do? Man, we in here today. We about to have a real deep conversation. I'm gonna turn my hat around so y'all can see me good enough. But um, yeah, we're gonna have a real conversation today. A deep conversation, something that I think 99% of the black men listen to this have gone through. Right. Um, something that probably 99% of us have never really dealt with. And today's discussion is gonna be really deep and it's gonna be kind of heart-wrenching it's gonna pull on a lot of memories that we don't necessarily think about or want to address right and that we've come up with a whole lot of other ways to 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 suppress them. suppress them yeah so today's topic brother is gonna be um how to deal with trauma mm. as a man not only how to deal with it but what it has done to us and without the proper education and knowledge behind it what it can do for you for the rest of your life mm. right so uh without further ado Let's talk like men. Let's talk like men, man. I couldn't even I couldn't even hop on it with him this time, <laughs> like dang. But um, man, so I'll start because I think your story is even more like real. Than okay, mine. so what do you plan on? Matter of fact, let me ask you this question: What's the hardest thing you felt like you had to deal with that made the most impact on your life? So outside of like romantic stuff, like heartbreak, when it comes to like trauma, the thing that is like affected me the most when I went off. And I'll tell the story. Matter of fact, this is great. I'm glad you asked it the way you did because I can really pull on this. Right. I grew I grew up, I live now, you know, now I moved back in with my folks. I live in suburban America, right? There ain't no crazy stuff going on every single night. You know, I didn't see all this crazy stuff. You know, I had my fights growing up, all that, but I didn't have to worry about guns or, you know, a friend getting killed in the street for something. I didn't have to worry about that type of stuff growing up, which is a blessing, right? But when I went off to school, and uh, went to Fisk, which I love to death. I love my school. But, you know, Fisk is located in the heart of Nashville's hood, right in North Nashville, right? Yeah. So everybody knows you go to Fisk, you go to TSU. If you haven't been exposed to the hood before, you're going to get exposed <laughs> once you get there. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You know, I remember the first time ever hearing real gunshots, you know, ringing out in my life. And, and that was at Fisk in my dorm in New Live. Um, and you literally hear people right across the street, maybe 100 feet away in the apartments and the projects there, you know, shooting at each other. And you got to wonder, dang, is a bullet going to fly this way? Right. You know, what's going on? Like, it, it, it changes you the second you hear that. And, you know, when we talk about traumatizing experiences throughout my time, you know, in college, those four years there, I was in or around or involved in at least three different circumstances where guns were pulled and shots were fired you know, in my general vicinity or, or in my direction, you know, right. never personally at me per se, like I'm trying to kill miles, but on some stuff, like we don't like that group of people over there. Or we, you know what I'm saying? We don't like this energy. We just going to air this out. Being in a situation where two people are just shooting at each other and you caught in between, right? Right. You ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, I, I strictly remember a situation at a party, man, where two dudes, and I'm not going to get too specific, too many details, um, because we ain't going to even get into that type of conversation. But to give y'all a picture, we're at a party and at the front door is where I'm standing near the front door with my boy on the other side of that wall, just some bricks in between us. Two dudes start getting into it with each other and they start shooting. So it's right next to us. 
You see my face, they right here. Just a wall right in between us. They start shooting at each other. Bullets hitting the walls, flying. Everybody in the party is trying to run away from it, right? So there's the front door and there's one door in the back. Door in the back locked. Mm. Everybody's trying to get out. You can't go out the front because you're going to get shot. So everybody's trying to run to the back door. I remember this memory distinctly. And I know we were just talking about this. Me and my boy looked at each other because we knew we had to get up out of there. And we took off running. And we jumped because everybody's piling on top of each other. It's probably 200 people in the party. We jumped over the pile of people, landed somewhere in the middle towards the front, feet done stomped on other people's heads. We crawling through the crowd trying to get through it so that we can get to that door and bust out of there, right? I remember banging on the door, pushing on the door until we got into the open and got to our cars and everybody drove off. I remember it like it was yesterday. And situations like that, like I said, that wasn't... Shoot, now that I think about it, that was the second time that <laughs> night that shots had got fired. That's crazy. That was the second shot time that night I was at a, a venue where guns were pulled and people were shot at, right? So going through those types of things really puts you in a perspective where you, your your world, your sense of security, your your sense of 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 just protection in this world is shattered. And you start to realize how cold the world is. And you start to, you know, put your guard up, find different ways to protect yourself, how yeah. different ways to move. So, like, that was a very traumatic experience. I'm not going to go too much further right now. I'm going to let you go, and then we can go a little bit further. What about you, man? Man, so I have finally realized that I've, I've lived a very traumatic life, right? Mm -hmm. I've lived through a lot of traumatic things. And the earliest traumatic experience that I can think about is I remember, man, I, I was probably about five or six and I'm just up late because, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm up late. I just used to not sleep that much. But uh, my dad was playing cards uh, with, a, with a couple from up the street, right? A couple that we see all the time that we're familiar with, we're used to. But they were playing cards and uh, I hear a lot of scuffling like a fight breaks out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I go into the hallway and I see the couple, both of them have knives and my dad's barehanded. Mm-hmm. And I see them swinging and cutting and slicing. And every single time they would cut, my dad would grab the knife and they would pull it. And it's ripping his hands. It's ripping his thumbs. It's ripping his fingers. He's getting cut in his face, getting cut in his chest, getting cut in his back. And as a kid, being five or six, I am absolutely paralyzed. Yeah. Like, like what? how do you even... How do you even function? Like, what do you do in that moment? I, I, I remember being mute. I remember not being able to speak too much. And I remember, like, my, my pops getting away somehow, going into the room. He grabbed a gun, and he shot out the door twice, and they, they took off running. And he laid on, the, laid on the, uh, the couch almost lifeless, right? Yeah. And that right there was one of the, the my most earliest memories when it comes to being traumatized, right? And then my most recent memory of just being traumatized is I know – Right after I graduated last year in 2020 from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, um, I packed my car up and I head to uh, Knoxville, where I'm from. Man, I didn't even get a chance to unload the whip. I went straight to one of my best friends' uh, birthday party. Mm. A little small gathering at a college campus apartment, UT's campus. And um, probably about 11, 30, 12, had a, had a couple of drinks. Like, you know what, I'm going to head home. So I'm texting my dad, like, your pops, make sure you uh, leave the door unlocked. I'm headed to the crib. So I'm sitting in my car, letting it warm up a little bit. And the next thing you know, bro, um, there's somebody opening my door. Yeah. Not only are they opening my door, but they're opening my door, and I see something pointed at my head. So it's a gun. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting in my car, car running, um, 
texting on my phone. My door's unlocked. They open my door. The gun's in my head. Not only is he pointing the gun, but he's getting in the car. Mm. So my only response is to, like, get over. Mm-hmm. With me being a concealed carrier, I had my pistol on me, but it was zipped yep. up in my pocket. Yep. So I didn't have necessarily access to my pistol. And next thing you know, as I'm getting over, he sees me reaching. So he puts his gun in my rib cage and says, stop reaching. Mm. You know, what? I didn't I didn't grow up in a crazy neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, and I I've been around people that had guns. I've been around situations. I've seen uh, shootouts happen, things of that nature. But at the same time, I have never experienced that one on one face to face. Me and you. Right, yeah. me and you face to face. Not only that, this this brother didn't even have a mask on. Yeah, right. So no mask, got a gun yeah. to my rib cage. <laughs> I've never been exposed to this before. Um, so ultimately, what ends up happening is, he takes my phone, and he takes my whip. Yeah, I get out. I'm saying, God be the glory, he let me out. So I get out the car, run upstairs, let my best friends know what's going on. Um, long, one thing led to the next. I was able to get everything back that following day due to GPS. But for me. That right there was the most recent and the most traumatized thing I've been in in my adult life because of what it left me with. Mm. Although I had my life, although that I got my car back and I got my possessions, but my peace of mind was gone. Gone. You know what I'm saying? My 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 peace of mind was absolutely gone. Immensely, all I kept doing was replaying the replaying the scene, replaying the scene. Not only was I replaying the scene, but I'm thinking about different ways that I could, uh, that respond about it. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then to take things even further of how it affected me, bro, I used to always have dreams. I'm not sure if you've done this, but have you ever had a dream where you were fighting somebody and your punches was going really slow? Yes. And you feel like they ain't packing no, no, Nothing. Force behind them. You're just defenseless. Now, have you ever had a dream that you were shooting a gun and you could never pull the trigger? Yes. That's crazy. So <laughs> that was my life, right? But after that incident, in my dream, anytime I picked up a gun to trigger a pull. You pull it. Every single time, no hesitation. Anytime I <laughs> anytime I got into a fight, they'll punch as fast as I can. Yeah. So not only did my life change, my peace of mind leave, mentally I was in a different place, but even in my dreams when I went to sleep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was still haunted by the things that happened, and it was still affecting me to the point where I wake up in my sleep, like, you know, heart racing, it, yeah. almost as if I was in that moment. Yeah. Right? So that right there for me was was a lot. And I know for a lot of us black males, that's the story of our lives. Yes. Right? Um, we, we go into a lot of situations where we don't have a – we can't express it. We don't really know how to ex- explain it. We don't go talk to anybody to get help. We let our parents know, and they they, mm-hmm. they give us a hug. Yeah. Hey, son, you good? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love you. I'm glad you're here. But what what happens after that? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What happens when, you're, in your mind, you're dealing with that, that battle? So let me ask you this. When it came to dealing with your situation, knowing what you experienced, how did you deal with that, or did you ever deal with it? I didn't. You know, and it's funny um, – just having this conversation because there was multiple different circumstances and, and what you're talking about is different. Like when you feel a gun or you stare down the barrel of a gun, it get real 100%. really quick. When you know, like this dude could sneeze right now in my life, my life could be over. Yep. His finger could switch. My life could be over. He may not even be a killer, but the smallest thing could no set way. this off and my life could be over. And you start to realize in that moment how vulnerable you, you are. Right. You know, in your head, you've never been vulnerable. I've always been able to defend myself. You know, I'm good. Like I said, you know, I be strapped up too, right? So we both know that, like, as concealed carriers, we've thought of all these scenarios, how it would go down. But it's different when you're there. 100%. There's, you, can tell, you can tell somebody a story. Exactly. 
just like just like when it comes to the frat, you can tell yep. people what it may be like, but until they experience it themselves, exactly. you will never know what it's They'll like. Never know. And that that right there is the absolute hardest part about it. So, well, this, I need let me ask you a question. Oh, go I ahead. Need to answer your question. So, to answer your question, how I dealt with it, like <laughs> I never really dealt with it in a way for sure that was helpful. You know, what I did was my guard just became higher. Um, I started to become, I think what you, you were just saying, a paranoid person, right? Mm. So you become so conditioned to bad things happening. And in our community, the bad things almost always happen when people are having a good time. Yeah, And that's the sad thing. You at a party, you having a good time, you at the kickback, you leaving out the bar, whatever. You having a good time and things go south real quick. Next thing you know, people getting beat up, knocked out, shot. All these different things going down, robbed, Right. And so you get to a point to where you start to feel as a human being, as a person, like one, I either don't want to go out to places or I'm going out to these places expecting that some bullshit going to happen. Yep. How can you ever live that way? And that's what I'm realizing now is like I go everywhere with my guard up. I go every single place, especially when I'm going out someplace fun. I don't even like going out. Right. I go out to places now and I got like a whole set of code that I live by. You know, me and my people going to stay together Ain't none of us going nowhere by ourselves. If we peep somebody else across the building having some problems, it's about time for us to head out because he might come back in here and shoot this place up. 100%. Right. If if we've been in here, we came in at nine or 10 o'clock and the, it closed at two. We're leaving at one. We're not going out when everybody else is leaving because right. if somebody going to do something, that's when they're going to do it at the end of the night. All these different rules, man. You know, you even get into an argument with somebody over something so petty. You got to be like, you know what? I got to watch this person the whole night. Why this person over here staring at me? 100%. How are you a human being if you're constantly worried about all these negatives? How can you live? And that's crazy that you brought it up because that's how I started to deal with things. And like you said, how can you live? You don't. Yeah. You live You live in a constant state of paranoia. Mm. You live in a constant state of fear. And regardless to if you're macho or not, right? Yeah. If you, you consider yourself, you're not afraid enough to know. Yep. You, you, you're fearful mm -hmm. of something because you want to act the way you did. Mm -hmm. So like you said, when you go out and about... You, you pay attention to the energy that's in a room. You pay attention to the way somebody looks. Yep. Or you pay attention to somebody's hands because are their hands in their pockets exactly. what they're reaching for. Yep. You're in this constant state of paranoia, man. And it's just like what happens is, right, whenever you're in that, in that state or something bad happens, a traumatic moment, you get in this fight or flight mode. Yes. Right? And the only way you can calm down is your body releases this uh, hormone. Uh, yeah, the hormone called cortisol. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that cortisol allows your body to know, hey, it's cool. Like, yeah. You're good. Yeah. But when you're constantly in a state of fight or flight, the strength of... of it goes up. It, man, cortisol it, don't affect you, you as well. It don't affect you that much. Yeah. So you're always in a constant state and you're like, damn. So now, except for me feeling fearful for a few minutes, now I'm in this state for a couple minutes. Now yeah. I'm in this state for an hour yeah. simply because I don't know how to address it. I don't know how to feel. So... If you're walking around with your guard up, you're always expecting all these bad things to happen, then it, it, it just may happen. Yeah. Right. And one thing that's common within the black community, because I grew up in a black community, you hear these terms that say, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Yeah. Or I take two steps forward. Three steps back. Three steps back. <laughs> yeah. Right. And these are responses that you get from people that's been in traumatized Trauma. positions in so many, whether that's traumatized by getting cut by a job, whether it's traumatized by losing a family member, yeah. whether that's traumatized by, you know, something just happening within your life or to somebody. And it's always, if it ain't one thing, yeah. it's another. So yeah. for a long time, I didn't know how to deal with it, bro. I went 24 years 
without ever talking to a professional. So that's 24 years of me becoming this hard body, paranoid person, 24 years of me keeping my guard up, 24 years of me not allowing myself to really enjoy myself while I'm out and about because I never know who I'm around. And the craziest part, and actually the saddest part is this, because I was so paranoid around our own people, I became uh, more comfortable around white people. Yeah. That's the crazy yeah. part, right? So I, I go. <laughs> That's crazy you say that. <laughs> I go to. I went to University of Tennessee Chattanooga, which is considered a predominantly white institution, mm-hmm. right? So going, f- I went to Tennessee State at first. Yeah. I went to the parties, went to the sets. If if you was in line and there was people that came to the party and they didn't want to wait in line, they would shoot the party up. Yep. If 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 uh, it was some sketchy stuff going on campus, you could see people grabbing for their strap. Yep. Listen, on on my dorm on campus. Random dorm room check my freshman year, they found fifty two guns. Uh huh. Right. So you're writing all this shit like what that what what, what is going on? Like what's we what, in college? Like, <laughs> fifty two? Like, we about to have a war in this dorm. I'm like like I don't even feel comfortable. This ain't what I see on TV. Yeah. This ain't what people promote. I get to UTC, I feel more comfortable, my guard is let down now, although you have your other issues that you gotta deal with when you're dealing with other people. Yeah. But I wasn't scared. Yeah. I could I could actually feel comfortable in what I was doing, how I felt. I could turn up to yeah. the max and not worry about no yeah. BS happening because of my level of comfortability. And it's sad, but I didn't have that. I don't have that yeah. same level of comfortability around my own people. My own people. And that's a conversation. Mm-hmm. No, you're right completely. It's like you go to downtown Nashville, uh, get on Broadway Street where all the white people had go to one of them clubs. You'll have a time of your life because, right. not because it's even funny, you're not even playing the music you really want <laughs> at all. But you know, like, I don't got to worry about nothing. <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about nobody coming in here, you know, shooting it up, all this. I really don't have to worry about this right now. I get to be myself, have as much fun as I want. And it's very sad that we have to deal with that. And so I guess the question is now, how do we how do we progress, bro? Like, how do we get out of this mindset? Because on, on the one turn, you know, like, you got to protect yourself. You can't be out here just in a position to where you blind it to the realities of the world. Right. Like there's evil doers out there and they're going to come no matter how good or bad of a person you 100%. are, evil will come your way. Right. And to me, you know, I've always looked at it like this. If evil comes my way and God gives me the opportunity to defend myself, I want to have every tool possible right. to give myself a fighting chance. 100%. Right. And I'm not, you know, for me, I'm not faltering on that point, but I do want to learn how do we know when to shut it off? How do we know when is time, when is not time, and and, and and not have to live in the wrong mindset? Because as you know and I know, the power of thought is real. 100%. And we start attracting things to our life that may not even be present, but because of how we're maneuvering, we end up bringing it about. Because you're always on guard, you snappy with people, right? Right. Which then brings the situation where somebody snappy with you, you bad. Y'all get into an altercation. Whereas if you weren't always on guard, you wouldn't have felt like he was looking at you because he was trying to disrespect you or try you or size you up. He may have just been looking because maybe he liked your shirt. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's just a person, right? Maybe maybe this person just had wandering eyes, and they, but we so ready. What this nigga looking at, right? Right. What, what he got going on? What's going over there? Why, man, don't bump into me. Watch where you going. Right, like all that type me, of yeah. stuff. Like, dang, okay, he bumped into you. Excuse me, my bad. You know what I'm saying? To go on with your life and keep it moving. And that's ego too. Man, so I'm glad you said that because I got three points for you, right? You said how. Yeah. So going through those traumatic uh, experiences, right? Yeah. One of the first things is going to be healing. Mm. 
you got to be able to hear. You got to be able to talk to somebody about it, whether that's uh, a big brother, big sister, whether that's a mentor, whether that's a therapist. You have to be able to talk to somebody about these experiences because if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to continue to suppress them and you're going to unconsciously think, you're going to unconsciously act, and you're going to unconsciously feel these things that are suppressed and you're not going to know where they come from. So you're going to consciously be, well, you're going to constantly be in a state of paranoia and you're going to always be... um, just paranoid and, and not trusting the energies in the room. That's one thing, healing. Second thing is environment. Hmm. If you acknowledge that, all right, every single time I go here, is always a shootout. Every yeah. single time I go <laughs> here, somebody's always arguing. Every time I, I go here, somebody's always trying me. Yeah. You have to remove yourself from that environment. But, yeah. All right, Rex, well, what if that environment is where I have the most fun? Or well, are you willing to risk your life? Yeah. Is that environment worth your life is that environment worth your friends because not only do you have you to worry about but you got to worry about your friends to worry about two of my young guys went out to a party the other night and uh they had some people in there that was beefing with one uh the guy he was with his girlfriend Mm. they took it out on them and jumped in dang environment is everything so you have healing you have environment and then you have ego yeah like you said before um somebody looking at you the wrong way if you in that type of environment yeah. and you say something back, oh, yeah. that you trying them. Yep. You you trying them. So you don't know what they got in their pocket, what they what they got in their hand. You don't know what they about or if you know what I'm saying, if they yep. can really be crazy or not. So don't let your ego get you hurt. Don't let your ego get you beat up. Don't let your ego get you killed mm-hmm. because you feel like you 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 can't be tried. Yeah. I would much rather for you to be aware of your environment, to acknowledge what the energy is like in a room, to acknowledge who's in the room and to acknowledge, you know what I'm saying? Who, like you know what you need to do and how you need to move because if you don't it could really cost you big yeah so that's that's what i gotta say man bro. that's huge man and what you bringing up you bring up another point and this is something that i've had to address in my own friend group you know what i'm saying because we everybody in my friend well i'm not gonna say everybody in my friend group but at least half of my boys in my friend group we have been this person for our group at one point in time you gotta make sure you're around the right people uh. Because ain't nothing worse than when everybody having a good time and one person, the one that take it to that level. And yep. now everybody got to get in. Got to. Right. Because because we boys. So we're going to ride or die with each other. Right. But God damn, bro, I'm tired of dying. No, nope. <laughs> I'm tired of feeling like it's going to really be died today. Right. Like, can we can we go out and have a good time and not have to deal with this? And, you know, it's really crazy how you brought up the fact that, you know, you go out to these places and somebody mess with them because of some stuff that they didn't even do. Right. right. And that's how a lot of situations break out and other people get caught in the crossfire. And I've had to have real conversations with myself. My boys have had, had a conversation with me and I've had to have conversations with them about the fact that like, bro, we are getting older. Mm. The consequences are deeper, deeper and we have a lot more to lose. We got to stop acting one like we're invincible. Yep. And two, we got to get to a point to where. Who cares what he said? Right. Like, who cares how he looking at you? Right. Who cares if he disrespected you? What does he matter, bro? You going to even see this dude again another day in your life after you right. leave here? He your mama? He your daddy? He your, your, your girl? Your best friend? He is not even important. But you going to let this person get you out of your character and cause one of y'all life to change forever or both of y'all lives to change forever or the person around you? And I think about that all the time because it, it be nothing but ego that drives us as men to make some of the stupidest decisions that we make. 100%. And a lot of times we be wrong, too. Yep. We be wrong, <laughs> but we ain't going to let you tell us we wrong. Nah, you ain't the one that's going to say it, right? And then we escalate a situation, and this person wasn't even wrong. Like, 
you could have just did the right thing and the situation would have been ended. But because you didn't want to go home and couldn't deal with yourself when you sleep at night, man, I can't believe I let him talk to me that way. Right. Bro, you better be grateful that you're in a space and in a life that, that things didn't go the wrong way. Because I just seen people get killed for so much less. I didn't get people, seen people get killed for doing nothing. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. And this is the crazy thing. Like you said, be mindful of who you're around. And when it comes, because, you know, we always got to make it on a relationship tip, too. Your partner is so important because mm. your partner mm. can get you in trouble. Yes. Right. Not only can your partner get Ooh, you in trouble. I got a story for that one. <laughs> but like I said, your partner can get you in trouble. So if you're around a person that's always popping off at the mouth. Yeah. Right. It's saying the wrong things at the wrong time to the wrong person. Yep. It's your it's your responsibility to handle and yep. de-escalate the situation. Especially if it's now. a dude. Right. It's your responsibility. So my thing is this. You can... They said in the rap songs, you can talk all the stuff you want. Don't put your hands on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If a person isn't putting their hands on you. Exactly. What or, is there to talk or about? Or putting their hands on the person that you're with or your woman. Yep. Then listen, those I men, they just words, bro. Just words. I would much rather for you to leave and save your life than to risk your life and the person's life that you're with because somebody said something to you and you right. took it offensive. Right. Right. What point are you like? I, the, the question I always have to say is like. What solution, what point are you proving here, right? Like, you tell, you you go up against this dude, argue with him back and forth, nothing happens, or y'all start fighting, whatever. Like, y'all had this pissing match, right? And now somebody go home with a bruised face, hurt fist, somebody ugly for the next couple weeks, right? Like, somebody could have got shot, whatever. Like, none of these outcomes add up to what the original offense was nope. right and we escalate these situations and it's funny that you were talking about the people around you because tony gaskins i don't know if you know who tony yep. gaskins is right so tony gaskins and his wife and he said <laughs> he told a story on the breakfast club interview and he said man i had to start bringing my strap to my son's soccer games <laughs> like like why are you bringing a strap to your son's soccer games and he said well my wife is very animated in the stands. Like, I'm real cool. I'm supportive. I'm real cool. He says, my wife is really animated in the stands, and she starts arguing with the other player's parents, right? She'll get into it with people. Right. And he said, one of my friends, and, you know, he's staying in Florida, so you know it's crazy in Florida, but it's like this anywhere. It can happen anywhere. He said, one of my friends was at his son's football game and got to arguing with another player's father. They got to arguing out there. He said, the dude pulled out his gun and shot his friend and killed him. In front of everybody, on the spot, over an argument at a football game, over over some some little league game, and he said, "I had to tell my wife, you're not gonna keep doing this. He can't because first off, if a situation goes down, I'm the one that got to step 100%. in and deal with it. Two, why is it even worth it? You getting me into unnecessary drama for what? For nothing. For what? For nothing. Like, come on now, and 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 that's always my question whenever things happen is." For what? And that's the question I had to start asking myself whenever somebody, I felt like somebody was trying me or doing something. I'm like, for what? Yeah. Am I really, I'm thinking about the end result. I could punch this dude in the face. I could beat this person up. Yeah. I could pull my gun out. I could do all these different options here, right? And I'm thinking about all the consequences for those actions. And sitting there, my question is always, for what? Right. What's the result? Like, bro, you, you're only getting negatives out of this situation. Or you could put your ego to the side, your pride to the side. Because I promise you, right, your pride hurting for the next five minutes will not be hurting tomorrow. I, not. You're not even going to think about it. And nobody else around you, if they're the right people, is going to look at you differently because you chose to walk away from a situation just because somebody was talking smack about you. Yep. We're not in high school no more. 
we're in the real world and there are real life consequences to your real life actions. And if you don't start being wise with your decisions, you're going to end up in a place where either you're always setting yourself back. You in prison or you six feet deep. Yep. And I'm not trying to be in any of those places. So if you're trying to succeed, it is time for us to elevate our mindsets and grow up and learn to leave certain situations behind, to stop going to certain environments, to stop hanging around people who get us into problems. We're too old for it. It's got to be growth, man. Uh, Not only with within yourself, but with the people that you hang around. Mm -hmm. And you have to acknowledge that if you have those people in life, you need to cut them off. Now, listen, back to just being traumatic and being in those moments. So I think what happens is this, bro. I feel like within the black community, trauma happens so often that it becomes normal. Oh, wow. Right? Trauma is normalized. Trauma happens so often that it becomes normal. So anytime that you step into something that's healthy, you're like, this is different. Mm. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to control it. You don't know how to maneuver in it because you're so used to survival mode. Yes. You're so used to survival mode. So how does that translate over to relationships? So let's just say you have a partner that's built on love and affection and yeah. nurturance and and just you know they have um secure in their relationships then you have a person that's built on survival yes and traumatic how can you take this person that's built on love and affection and how can you get them to understand you and how can you understand them when you don't even understand their life you never experienced their life yeah you you've been in this you've been in this fight or flight mode all your life you oh no nah, i don't like i don't like cuz cuz look yep. at, you know what i'm saying you it's a different kind of energy that you bring to the relationship so what you what's your thoughts on that man man you know it's crazy that you say that because i've believed for a long time that us as black men we live uh to survive and not to thrive Mm, talk about that That has been our mindset for so long in every single form of our life we get belittled if we don't make enough money so what does that force us to do i gotta be on the grind 25 8 we get belittled for showing our emotions. So what does that mean? I got to do what I got to do to make sure I'm not soft out here. I got to be tough. I can't, can't let nobody think I'm weak, right? We get belittled for every single thing we do. If we walk away from situations, we get belittled, right? Right. So literally, you always have your guard up. You always got your armor on, as I like to say, your shield and your sword. You always got these things there. And you will never be able to be happy if you're always trying to survive rather than thrive. See, when you thrive and you get into that relationship with that girl, it becomes a space where you say, look, I don't have to wear my armor here. Right. You can't raise your kids in a home where dad is always ready to escalate something. Right. Mm. Because you're going to take it out on the people around you. If you couldn't take it out on your boss, if you couldn't take it out on the person that tried you today, if you couldn't do none of those things, you're going to take it out on your kids, you're going to take it out on your wife. And then they're going to be the ones that catch the bullets, that catch the sword, that catch the fist, that catch the trauma, the emotional, the physical, the mental, all of it. They're going to be the ones that catch it. It wasn't even their fault. Mm, and you hurt the people. Look, what, what do they say? Hurt people, hurt people. Yep. Right. And us as black men, we real hurt. Every last one of us, we deal with so much trauma. We keep so much stuff in. We done seen so much. We done been attacked so much. And so what do we do? We inevitably take that out on the people around us. And so you have to get to a point to where it's like, look, understand that the people you love are not your enemy. Mm. They are not the person on the street that you need to be trying to prove a point to. You don't even need to prove a point to him, but it's definitely not your girl. It's, it's definitely not your kids or your mom or your dad or your close friends. They're not the ones that deserve the, to, to feel your wrath because life has been tough to you. 
You have to process things, accept things for what they are, and then love yourself, forgive yourself, forgive others so that you can move forward and love those who have done right by you. Man, so let's talk about it, right? Like men. Let's talk, like, like straight like men. So fellas that's listening, ladies that's listening, let's talk about this. So if you do not address your trauma, mm. you don't address... Um, your actions or your behaviors that get you triggered, right? Um, the things that you're suppressing for so long and you, you unconsciously do these things. If you don't address that, then your kids will have to. Yes. Right? Yes. And there's this quote that says this. A man can drive the devil out of his garden, but he will show up again in the garden of his son. Mm. And that right there for me, in this instant, <laughs> lets me know that if you don't address your anger issues, you don't address your triggers, you don't address the the lack um or the abandonment that you dealt with with your parents and and you bring it on to your kids if you don't address that then your kids are gonna be faced and they're gonna have to address it yeah. and now they're already born with anger issues they're already born with these these fast temperament issues they're born yep. with this because you didn't address it yep and then if you didn't address it they're not gonna address it it's gonna be hard for them to address yes. it because they don't see you addressing it yeah. so they see how triggered you get with mom they they take the abuse mentally, physically, and emotionally from you in the household. So what's going to happen? That's going to trickle over into their relationships. Mm -hmm. That's going to trickle over into their friendships. That's going to trickle over into their marriage. Mm. And it's going to be a constant cycle unless you address it. So whether that's paranoia, whether that's depression, whether that's whatever that comes from trauma. I, fellas, ladies, I need you to go get help. I need you to talk to somebody. I need you to, to dig deep. Yes. And really pull those feelings, those emotions out so you can work on getting through it. Because if you don't work on getting through it, you're going to stay there. And that's a place that you don't want to ever be is in the same place you've always been. Thanks. So. And I think, you know, we're about to wrap it up. But, you know, it's something and I'm going to let you go last. Um, it's something that uh, there's a book out there. It's called PTSD. Right. Mm. But it's called Post Traumatic Slave Disorder. Mm. Right. And it talks about how trauma can be transferred through DNA, literally. The things that we're dealing with now is an amalgamation of decades and centuries of trauma in our family. Okay? Our whole, you know, lineage has dealt with trauma in one form or another and it keeps getting passed on. So don't think that what you're dealing with is all your fault. Right. Don't think that you're the one solely responsible for where you're at. No, nah, right. it's not that you're solely responsible for where you're at, but you are solely responsible for where you're going to go. 100%. And so my word of encouragement to you guys is it has to stop somewhere. Yep. And like he just said, if you don't stop it, if you don't address it, then your kids are going to have to address it or your kids' kids. Man, it's going to keep on going. Yep. So... I'm going to also recommend a book. And this book is going to be called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. And it talks about what trauma does to the body. It talks about what trauma does to the brain. It talks about what trauma does to your relationships. It talks about what trauma does to your thought process. It talks about what trauma does uh, for your anxiety and for your emotions. So if you're out there and you want you want help understanding what this trauma is doing and you want that push or that motivation to actually go get help or to talk to somebody, I would definitely recommend that book. The body keeps the score. Listen, it didn't start with you, but it can end with you. Real talk. But it's at the end of the day, it's all up to you. It's all your choice. It's all up to you. So look, man, that's I think that's what we got. I think that's a lot of value wrapped up in this Real in talk. this podcast. So yeah. um, 
like like Miles always says, if you come across this video, you watch this video, share it with at least ten friends. Yes. Hit the subscribe subscribe button. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Let's Talk Like Men Podcast. Sir. Um so check us out. I'm Rex Howard Jr. I'm Miles the Millennial. And we out. We out.